Sunday morning. Um, as is often the case, context is important. And Richard preached on the passage just before this, um, just before Christmas. And it's a litany of ways in which people move away from God. Um, just think Twitter when you listen to this list. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the, of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, having no, have nothing to do with such people. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Richard did say thank you for the passage. So as I say, just think about Twitter or the political debate in 2022, or the royal family even. Folly, not wisdom. And so our reading today starts in verse 10, but you. So Paul is talking to Timothy and saying, that is not supposed to be you or the way in which you behave. Timothy and we are to be otherwise. Paul lists ways in which he has sought to be a model, teaching, life, purpose, faith, patience, love. That is the agape love. Endurance, persecution, and suffering. He makes reference to uh, what we find in the book of Acts from chapter, chapter 14 onwards, immediately after he was commissioned and sent from Cyprus. Opposition, beatings, imprisonment, riots even. And in verse 11, he said, yes, in other words, another but, the Lord rescued him. So men, people equal opposition and persecution, but God equals rescue. In verse 12, it says, in fact, live a godly life. If you live a godly life, you will face persecution. If you are comfortable, there's probably more you could do to live like Jesus. In verse 13, we're told that the devil's tactics will only increase Evil deception and lies will go from bad to worse. The enemy doesn't just give up. He's looking for all opportunities. There is indeed a slippery slope. It starts with the small things. Did God really say, he said in the garden, in other words, a liberal interpretation or abandonment of God's words? You will surely not be harmed. An abandonment of sin and judgment in preference for some woolly view of love as affirmation for human flourishing as we are. God loves us too much to leave us as we are. We are being transformed as a new creation. It's interesting, I looked up vice lists in the Bible. I was surprised to find there are over 20 of them. There are plenty of warnings. Verse 14, 
but you. Again, an alternative. Learning, conviction, following the model that Paul sought to show. Trust what has been handed on. Only scripture makes us wise compared to folly. Wise for salvation, in other words, not condemned through faith, which is a gift from God, in Christ Jesus, the personification of that salvation. And revealed through those same holy scriptures. The Bible is the revelation of Jesus. The Bible is your constant source of life because it is the living revelation of your Saviour and life giver, inspired by the Holy Spirit, who helps us read and understand. So that is the background to this most famous of evangelical verses. Now, just a slight aside, evangelical comes from a word, a Greek word meaning good news, means a good news believer, somebody who bases their faith on scripture, the scriptures alone. They are the longest leg of the Anglican three-legged stool, the others being tradition and reason. In the ordinal where uh, clergy are ordained, it says that they contain all things necessary for salvation. Evangelism is sharing that good news. They often get mixed up. So um, we can talk about being evangelical about something. Technically, we're saying we base things on scripture. Now, looking at this particular verse, I've got into the habit of just having a quick look at the Greek. I'm not a Greek scholar, by the way, before you get too excited. Um, but it actually reveals something that I didn't really see there before. So, um, firstly, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if we just look at some of those words, it's all or every scripture. Um, now, at the time, scripture to them would have meant the Old Testament because they were still writing the new one. In fact, we're reading one of the letters that became part of canon. But New Testament is the revelation of the new covenant, which continues the story of the old covenant, which is what testament means. So, yes, it's okay to treat the New Testament as being scripture under this um, umbrella as well. There's probably a whole sermon on that elsewhere, but let's just take that step. The word for scripture is graphe, which literally means writings. So it is specifically talking about those things which are encapsulated in the writing of God's word. God breathes takes two parts. One means God, and another is the same that we use for the Holy Spirit. Neustos is the same as pneumatic, is you think of a pneumatic tire. So it's about that rush of winds, the breath, the breath that brought life to humans. So God's breath is inspired by and comes from God Himself. Now, the word which we translate here as useful can also be translated as profitable. Now, if we think about what a profit, how do you make a profit? Well, you sell something for more than you paid for it. 
In other words, you get out of it more than you put in. And I think that's a really good picture of our relationship to scripture. But however much we might think, well, I didn't make time for my Bible today. Whichever time we put in, we'll get much more out than that which we put in. It is profitable to us. And then you have these four words. <clears throat> Teaching. Well, the word is didascalian. Same as didactic, it's instruction. It's not, a, it's not a chat or an exploration. It is being told the truth. And so the word of God tells us the truth through the words of scripture. And this is a really interesting one, which is the word which we translate as rebuking. And of course, we think of rebuking as being what we do, is we tell other people off by reading the Bible and telling them what they're doing wrong. Is that how you've read that before? Well, actually, the word, the Greek word, which is translated there, rebuking, can also mean convicting. And actually, it changes it completely. It's less telling somebody off than bringing them to an understanding of the chasm between their thoughts and deeds and what God's will is for them. What scripture will do is to convict them of how far away they are from God. It will convict them of God's love and God's mercy. It will convict them of God's ways and God's will. Augustine and Luther were convicted of their salvation. 250 years since Amazing Grace was written and John Newton was convicted of the evils of the slave trade. Others have been convicted that their lives needed to change, sometimes in a costly way. So this isn't saying, get your Bible, get your clobber verse and hit somebody with it. It's not that type of rebuking. What it's saying is if we share the scriptures with others, they will be convicted of where they stand with God. And then the next word, is a word of correction, this sense of changing direction. So once we're convicted, we then, if we find ourselves away from God, need to repent, to turn back to him. And finally, having taught us, convicted us, corrected and changed us, changed our direction, the, the scriptures, will train us in righteousness, being right with God, being just, and knowing God's justice. And how does that happen? Well, we could read lots of commentaries. We could read lots of uh, weighty tomes. We could listen to lots of podcasts. Or we could just let it. But spend time with God's word. And God's word will teach us, it will convict us, it will lead us to repentance, and it will train us in righteousness. There are obviously levels we can go, but simply spending time with God's word will always get more out than we put in. So your invitation is to be convicted, to be led into repentance, 
and to be equipped to serve him. But the final verse of uh, verse 17 is so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, again, back to the Greek. The transliteration is this, so that complete may be the of God man toward every good work. So there's a sense in that word partios of the operation of scripture, the revelation of Jesus on us is to complete us. Hands up anybody here who is perfect. I thought so. <laughs> it says in 1 Peter that we are being perfected. It's a process. And every time we come to meet with God's word through his holy scriptures, he perfects us just that little bit more because we get more out than we put in. So that the servant of God may be completely equipped for every good work. And that completion means that that applies to each and every one of us. So there'll be a deal at the 10.15, which applies here too, which is the start of 2023 as we delve back into, even if it's one minute here or five minutes there or an hour in the scriptures, is to be convicted of what next for me, for Christ. Now I could give you a list of things that uh, I could direct you to in church, it's not necessarily a church, it could be your front line, whatever that is. But this year, let's be profited by our time with God's work. Be convicted, be thoroughly trained. Now, it might be something we just didn't expect. I'm a great one for believing in the unusual suspects. The thing that we thought we'd never ever end up doing but actually it's god's time for us and if that is true then he will equip us as well let's pray father we thank you for your scripture we thank you that through your servants your words have been captured in that graphic those writings, and that through time those writings have been brought together as a canon which we can rely on. And we thank you that because this is your word, you teach us, you convict us, you turn us around, and you train us. Help us to approach this afresh. Not as a burden, but as a joy, as an exploration of all that you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.